Hello, everyone. My name is Adam. And I'm Bailey. And welcome to the AB Cinema Podcast, where we talk about the latest movie and TV news, rumors, and releases to keep your eyes on. And please feel free to reach out to us through email or Twitter. Our email is abcinema.pod at gmail.com, and our Twitter handle is abcinemapodcast. We would love to get any comments, questions, or ideas about the show, and please let us know how we're doing. So on this Friday, we uh, want to go over some news bits, and then we'll talk about things that you can watch this weekend. And uh, perhaps we'll have our review of The Lost City. Um, but first, let's dive into some of the news, Bailey. Uh, today, we had Matt Reeves, the director of The Batman, released a video of that deleted scene that we've heard so much about. And minor spoil, well, yeah, probably minor, major minor spoilers ahead for The Batman. If you haven't seen it yet, maybe go forward a minute or two. Um, but Bailey, what what was in this deleted scene that we've heard so much about? The Batman deleted scene that has been talked about since before this movie was even released. Uh, it's the confrontation between the Batman and the Joker, and it was uh, it was different. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sure you have a you you were more of a critic of the Batman as a film. But what were your thoughts on this scene? Adam, it's all right, I guess. Uh, for me, probably, I was so put off by his cameo in the movie that this is kind of just like, eh, okay, like, I guess we'll get more of it. But it's just like I don't know. We don't know enough or learn enough from this to me to where I'm like, oh, this. I don't know. This is important to me. What do you? And that might be mean, and I and I could be in the minority. But what do you think, Bailey? Uh, I want to see Matt Reeves' director's cut of this movie first. Um, I, I think that seeing his full vision would give us a better glimpse as to how the scene would fit into the movie. We got kind of an idea because they mentioned some of the Riddler's targets that he goes after and, and, um, he hasn't reached out all of his targets at this point in the scene. Um, I do think that this scene, uh, Adam, you mentioned to me earlier before the show that this reminds you of like mind hunter is that correct yeah i i said it's very mind huntery and i i on and i also said i feel like this whole movie was very david fincher inspired like as much as it pulls inspirations from you know other classics like chinatown or uh, the french connection films like that detective noirs i feel like it's so rooted in like a gritty fincher vibe that this went you know, just kind of went right along with it, especially if you've seen Mind Hunters before. I think of, you know, interrogation scenes. And I think Matt Reeves also released a quote where he's saying, you know, he's trying to build a profile on the Riddler. And because he's doing that, he meets with this character in the scene. Yeah. And that, just for those that aren't familiar, this scene would have actually helped this story feel more like The Long Halloween, uh, which is a comic run that this movie was based off of heavily. And so this scene being taken out kind of took away from that inspiration from that comic book run. But I I don't think this movie needed it. It definitely didn't. It didn't need the Joker scene at the very end with um with his confrontation with the Riddler and them becoming best buddies. But like I said, I would love to see like a four-hour cut of Matt Reeves' vision for this movie, what he wanted it to be originally. Um, all the scenes that he had taken out and um, just seeing the raw cut. 
Um, and I'm not advocating for the Reeves cut. I don't want to start another Snyder cut movement um, for the like what happened with Justice League. But I would love to see his vision in place of this film. Um, because to see what he was trying to get to with this character and the dynamic between the two, it could it could change our perspective on parts of the movie. But one of the biggest things about this movie is that it was too long. And that's still a complaint that a lot of people are are withholding. Um, and adding a five-minute scene, it's not going to change a lot of the runtime, but it still makes a difference. What were your thoughts on his his look? Um, I mean, I know that he's quoted as saying, Matt Reeves, the director, is quoted as saying that they took a lot of inspiration from what the Joker was inspired by which is a film called the man who laughs. And he says he wanted him to have like, you know, he's born with something that's more of a defect that causes him to look like he smiles all the time, which would play into his psychology and the way he handles things. And so, um, it's, it's very different and it doesn't look like he has a bunch of, it doesn't look like he has makeup on, you know, like the white face clown thing. It just looks like he is just physically deformed. Yeah. His hair looked like it was growing back. Like maybe they did a, in Matt Reeves vision for year one of the Batman that Joker fell into that ace pool of acid, um, ace chemicals and took some inspiration from previous Joker stories. But who knows, maybe we'll find out in the sequel or maybe in 10 years when the, the third movie comes out or the Arkham series. So it might be a while before we figure it out. So I I like the style, but it was also weird. Like I, I can't put my finger on what was so off about his appearance. He still looked like the Joker, but we'll just have to wait and see. That's all we can do right now. So yeah. So uh, other news, uh, some news circulating the Marvel Cinematic Universe with the Moon Knight writer, Sabir Prasada. Um, I'm sorry, I'm probably mispronouncing his name, but uh, Deadline reported that he is working on a new project for Marvel, and this is one that has been in the works for such a long time. And um, Avengers Endgame planted the seeds for this as well. Infinity War and Endgame did. Um, and this is the story of Nova that he is pitted to write. Uh, are you familiar with Nova, Adam? I'm not. This is this is all you, man. I have no okay. idea who Nova is. I, <laughs> when you say Nova, it makes me think of that that force that's from Guardians of the Galaxy. But that's it. That's where my knowledge ends. So um, basically, it's kind. Of, if you've seen Green, not Green Lantern, it's it's kind of like Marvel's Green Lantern in a way. The Nova Corps, they they're kind of like the space police force. And um, in the comics, the Nova Corps get destroyed. And Richard Ryder, a man from Earth, uh, gets the last, like, it, it's essentially like a little bit of Green Lantern mixing in here. He becomes the last Nova Corps member and has all of the power of the Nova Corps in himself. And he's a very powerful character. There's also another iteration, Sam Alexander, who's much more teen focused, which might be the approach they're taking with this because it is going to be on Disney+. Plus. Uh, which we know is more of a family, well, 
in recent weeks, it's not necessarily just family focused, but um, family oriented is the name of Disney Plus. And so we may get Sam Alexander, which is another iteration of the character, but um, it's very exciting to get another cosmic property coming into the MCU. And this character has been one that's been rumored for a long time and fans have been have been uh, rooting for this to get made for, for many years. So this will be very exciting. And hopefully we get a better idea of how good it will be after Moon Knight. Yeah. And so that's the news that we have on Nova. Uh, the last bit of news that we have is that, you know, how can we not talk about Encanto? even though they don't talk about Bruno because uh, I believe the director tweeted something that hinted kind of like a, uh, a Encanto two or spinoff or something like that. What, what, what's going on here, Bailey? Yeah. Um, Jared Bush, the director of Encanto um, tweeted that somebody had asked him if there were plans to, to continue this, this movie and to make it into a franchise. And, like we said in yesterday's yesterday's episode, franchises are the big thing in Hollywood right now. And Disney sees this as an opportunity to bank some money. So I think it's it was safe to say after we don't talk about Bruno became the number one hit everywhere, um, that Encanto spinoffs and sequels were were going to be planned. And I, I, I don't know what else to say besides we should have seen this coming and it seems like we're going to be talking about Bruno in a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, we'll see, but, uh, that's, so that'll do it for our news segment today. Uh, and now we'll talk about what we can watch this weekend. Uh, the weekend of March 25th, first off available to watch this movie only in theaters is the Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum, rom-com action adventure flick, the lost city. Uh, Bailey and I had the privilege of seeing that together. Bailey, what were your thoughts? How did you, what did you think about this movie? It is another Sandra Bullock rom-com and (laughs) (laughs) I won't lie. I love a Sandra Bullock rom-com. Yeah. And this, this movie delivered on what it was supposed to deliver. This movie was not a great film, but it had me laughing the whole entire time. Mm-hmm. I loved Sandra Bullock's uh, chemistry with Channing Tatum, Channing Tatum's chemistry with Brad Pitt. It was there were some really good, funny moments, but it wasn't my favorite film of all time. So yeah, what were your thoughts, Adam? I uh, you know I feel like that you you said it perfectly. It is a Sandra Bullock rom com. Like it is very much in the vein of the proposal. I'm pretty sure she plays the exact same person. I mean, different, like different, you know, introductions, but in terms of their romantic interests, she's the same, you know, very disinterested, but it's really fun. It's, it's like you said, it's not like the best of its type. I think it makes you laugh. It has some good laughs. Um, but yeah, it's good for, it's, it's a nice little popcorn flick. Would I watch it again? I mean, maybe, but mm-hmm. it was good. I really wanted to love this movie, and I think I walked away just liking it. And that's, I think, to me, a little disappointing. But overall, it was a good movie. I Like you said last night or the other night when we saw this that it reminded you of Jumanji. 
And I think the two comparisons of the, the proposal and Jumanji are great definitions for what this film is. And I, I liked it, like you said. It wasn't my favorite rom-com of all time, but I thought it was really good. Yeah. Um, and it delivered the laughs. Uh, and I, like I said, Channing Tatum, he stole the show for me. Yeah. He was hilarious. I, when Channing Tatum wants to be hilarious, he can be. At least in my opinion, but I agree. Uh, was there anything that that you didn't like in this movie? I feel like at some point in the middle, it stopped being as funny. And also I feel like it wants to kind of riff on action-adventure movies, but it's not, it's not great in its own riffs, you know? It's like... It's almost like it's almost like the Batman. Like the Batman is very inspired by films like by, by David Fincher, you know, by mm-hmm. Seven and all these detective movies. And it does its when it is doing its own thing, even though it's clearly influenced by these movies. It's super good, and it's a super great Batman film. But like the Lost City, you know, it's like it's almost pulling from Raiders of the Lost Ark or you know some other Indiana Jones movie or you know National Treasure. But like when they're doing it in its own movie, even though they're riffing and maybe even kind of you know. Um, having a conversation or trying to make a joke with those movies, it just sometimes they don't land as clearly for me. And I feel like to some degree, maybe that's a little bit, um, that's probably something that I wish was better, but yeah. I, for me, Daniel Radcliffe was not a compelling villain. And I don't know if it's he, if he's just typecast as Harry Potter for the rest of his life. But I mean, he's got he's got a lot of diversity in his films recently, and he's even playing Weird Al Yankovic in a not becoming biopic, and so it'll be really interesting to see him in that. But for me, I think that was one of the parts that took me out of the film because I was like, I, I don't like him as a villain. I didn't like him as a villain. Now you see me too. I believe he was the villain in that. He, that's even forgettable for me. So, um, but I I'm. He's not compelling. Um, he was fine in the beginning, but then the more we saw of him, the more he just annoyed me. Yeah. And I I, I loved... If this movie... I, I wish we had more of the scenes with Brad Pitt and Channing Tatum uh, in this movie. He, he, it was more of a cameo, which that's what it was teased as in the trailers. But I wish... Honestly, this movie made me wanting a Brad Pitt and Channing Tatum movie. That's all this movie made me want. I feel like this movie made me want to see Bullet Train more. Yeah. That was the other thing I walked out of the theater thinking was, I don't know if that's, I don't think that'll be the exact person he plays in Bullet Train, but I feel like he's kind of having fun, you know? Even in this one, it felt like a very Ocean's Eleven-y kind of, but even then, you know, he's, he's playing it super cool, but he's also there to have fun. And I feel like Bullet Train will be a little bit more, he's having more fun in that, and that excites me. Yeah. this is, it, he, Honestly, this might be Brad Pitt's comeback. Who knows? <laughs> the the Pittisance. The Pittisance. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, but it, it's it, he's got a lot of exciting stuff coming up. But this will be really interesting. But this movie is not for everyone. Great rom-com, not a great film. Yeah, and that is available in theaters exclusively. So that's first up on What's the Stream. Next up, the Halo TV series from premiering on Paramount+. Uh, Bailey, what's your interest in the show? 
Uh, I watched about half of the first episode yesterday, and um, it's going to be a slow burn for me getting through this. Um, the plot's interesting. I never played the games, so I think I might like this more than the gamer would. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you've you've said before that you're not super interested in this. Uh, the special effects were really good from what I saw. Yeah, I was I was reading today they spent like $10 million an episode. Yeah, and it, it's a lot, but that's pretty typical for these big blockbuster shows that are coming to these streaming services. I, From what I saw, I like the plot so far of the first episode. I haven't finished it, so I don't have my complete opinion on this show. I am intrigued. It has my interest. I don't know if it follows the games. There's been some interviews where they, the creators of the show have said that they tried to stay away from the games, which is kind of a red flag. But I think the story is going to be interesting for the general audience, and this might be who it's targeted for. Well, that drops on uh, Paramount+. Plus. It came out yesterday. And on Disney+, Plus, we have something else coming out. Bailey, what's on, what's on Disney+, Plus this week? Yeah, so Parallels is a new show. Um and this is, this, I, I don't know very much about it, but this is Disney Plus's answer to Stranger Things. Um, it's not going to be as popular because they have not been promoting this as well. I believe it's even a foreign show. Yeah, I haven't seen this until I read it on this document today. <laughs> yeah, this this show is, it's, I, it's very confusing, but it has to do with alternate timelines um, combining into one and like the kids two of the kids become adults and they all have to work together to get back into their normal lives. It looks interesting. We'll see. I, I'm probably not going to give this a watch unless it's got some really good reviews. So we'll see. We'll keep an eye out for it. And if it becomes noteworthy to us, we'll make sure to talk about it more. Okay. And uh, dropping on HBO max this week, making its big return is uh, King Richard, which is the Serena and Venus Williams biopic starring Will Smith as their father, um, Richard Williams, also known as the titular King Williams. Um, And, you know, it's dropping right on time. The Oscars are on this weekend. Will Smith is being nominated for uh, actor in a leading role, and he's won some awards for that already in various different um, award ceremonies. But if you haven't seen King Richard, you want a sports biopic, you want to see Will Smith, the, the OG Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, um, you can give that a, a viewing on uh, HBO Max that came out yesterday. Uh, Bailey, have you seen King Richard before? I started watching the first five minutes, and then I think I went to bed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I really want to see this movie. And I, I was going to, but then when I got the chance to see it, I... I it was too late. It was off of HBO Max. So Yeah. Um but I've heard really good things about it. I've heard it's a return to form for Will Smith. Um and that he this is one of his better roles that he's been in. I mean, he is up for for best actor, so that's pretty awesome and exciting. Um but no, I haven't seen it. I've heard great things though. Yeah, it's a it's a good movie. It's a great role by Will Smith. That's probably how I'd best describe it. It's a good movie, great movie with Will Smith. Um, so that's King Richard, available to stream on HBO Max. On Disney Plus, for all you Olivia Rodrigo heads, uh, what what is this Olivia Rodrigo driving home about, Bailey? 
That is the question of the day. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I, I think this is something in vain of what Beyonce did with her um, Black is King album. Um, and this is uh, kind of the same kind of situation where it's just like a, one giant music video with all of her music. So it'll be interesting to see it uh, for those that are fans of hers. And so... Make sure you check it out if you are a fan of hers. If you're into music, this might be up your alley. So enjoy it this weekend. It's just a little bit of variety. Yeah, if you want to watch Olivia Rodrigo on Disney Plus, it's good for you. <laughs> and then I'm really bad at these, to, by the way. I have a lot of them. That's okay. Maybe you might have one for the next one. <laughs> but, uh, Atlanta season three is making its return on Hulu this weekend as well. And I know you're a fan of the show, Adam. Can you tell us a little bit about this? I don't know what I don't know what to say. It is just crazy television, super experimental. It's got Donald Glover, who is also known as, by his stage name as the Childish Gambino. It has uh, Zazie Beetz who played um, Domino, Domino and Deadpool, Deadpool. too. It has Lakeith Stanfield, who is the director, who was the detective. I apologize in Knives Out, and Brian Tyree Henry, who was in Eternals, and it's just, it's just great. They have like, you know, it's I I don't know how to describe it. Basically, the premise is is Brian Tyree Henry is an upcoming rapper named Paperboy, and he has a cousin Donald Glover, who is managing him so he can try to become successful. And so far, the show has been like they're always on the brink of success, but they're never quite getting it. And uh, Zazie Beetz plays Donald Glover's girlfriend, and Lakeith Stanfield is just a friend who's very like existential and a deep thinker, but at the same time, he's just kind of wacky. But it is just insane, and I'm excited. Yeah, I've. This is a, a show that's won a lot of awards as well, and so this is a big comeback to get the third season it's been quite a while since since it's been on um through the pandemic and everything so this is exciting news for tv um and then also on apple tv plus we got one of the last episodes of severance um and this show has been has has been one big i i don't know how to explain it because i don't know what i'm watching but it has my attention and it keeps on delivering twists and turns and I'm excited to see how this ends. Yeah, I mean, uh, it is just, it's just good, and it's crazy, and you've summed it up perfectly, so I don't know why I'm still talking about it. But um, Severance comes out on Apple TV Plus today, the penultimate episode, and also available to watch this weekend. We have some March Madness, baby. My bracket's busted. Don't ask me about it. And uh, once again, don't, the lesson you take away from March Madness this year is until Gonzaga wins the big one, never put them in to win your bracket because they always get close and they never achieve. So March Madness is on. Watch it. Cheer, cheer, root, cry if you're like me when your bracket gets broken. But uh, but it's out there for you. And uh, this Sunday, actually. Oh, where can you stream March Madness right now? You can stream March Madness on C- on Paramount+. Plus. You can stream the CBS games. For the other games, you might have to have a subscription service such as YouTube TV, Hulu with live TV, um, you know, Pluto, anything where you can get um, live TV for the other channels. 
But I believe the finals will be on CBS. So if that's all you're interested in, Paramount Plus is your go-to. Awesome. What what were you saying about this Sunday? The Sunday, man, it's the big one for uh, all the filmmakers and film fans and you know film lovers in Hollywood. We have the Oscars, um, and so you know we have a bunch of best pictures. We have ten best pictures up. We have some we have which is an interesting race, by the way. It's very fifty fifty uh, with a lot of the research I've been doing this week. We have some great actors such as Andrew Garfield for Tick Tick Boom, Will Smith. Um, actresses such as Kristen Stewart and Spencer and um oh my goodness I'm blinking Kirsten Dunst in The Power of the Dog but yeah you know these are it is a film lovers you know obsession I remember watching the Oscars when I was younger and it was a huge thing and maybe on another pod we'll talk about or we'll wonder why it is that it's fallen off in terms of interest and um you know pop culture impact but that is available on Sunday I believe it starts uh, at 8 p.m. Um, Pacific time. Yeah, and that will be going till roughly around 11 o'clock. So if you do plan on watching that, expect a late night. Um, and the they will also be um, live tweeting this as well. The the awards as they come out, and so, um, but we we compiled a list of all of the best picture nominations and where you can stream them. So, um, so you have the opportunity to stream these movies this weekend, and we'll just start off with Belfast. This is a movie that was directed by Kenneth Branagh. Branagh, and this is kind of like his life story as a child. Uh, it's based off of that. It's not a biopic, but it is based off of his childhood and that is not available to stream anywhere, but you can purchase it or rent it through video on demand. And, uh, we also have CODA, which stands for child uh, or child or children of deaf adults, which is a coming of age story about a young girl who has a brother and parents who are all deaf and she loves to sing. And honestly, I didn't watch, I didn't watch this trailer going into this movie. I just knew that it was nominated and I'd seen maybe a clip of it and I I was floored. It was emotional, it was great and it's available to stream on Apple TV Plus. So if you want to feel good, great movie to watch, Coda's where Coda's where it's at. It's one of the most uh tear-jerking experiences I've had watching a movie this year. Um there's the it's this movie has been out for quite a while. I I feel like it's safe to talk about this scene, but um, there was this one scene that just ripped my heart out, and it's it's where the father is sitting on the back of a truck with with his daughter, and he asks her to sing for him, and he just puts her his hand up to her throat so he can hear her, uh, so he can feel her. And it's just one of the most emotional scenes that I've seen in a movie recently. And it's so beautiful. And I I, I hope this one gets Best Picture uh, because my favorite film of last year definitely isn't going to be getting Best Picture. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is going to be a good one. Speaking and then of, what do we have? I was going to say, speaking of your favorite film, Bailey, what is, what is also another Oscar-nominated film for Best Picture? Dune. Dune is up for Best Picture. This is my favorite film from last year. You can stream this on HBO Max, and we've talked a little bit about it in some of our episodes, um, but this is my film of the year uh, for last year. 
and it is my my personal Oscar pick, regardless yeah. of who wins. Super so. good, super visually super compelling. It's great. Um, another Oscar nominee is Don't Look Up, and that is the Adam McKay, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Jennifer Lawrence star vehicle about uh, the meteorite that's about to hit the earth, and it's a big analogy for global warming. That is available to stream on Netflix. Um, it's an okay movie. It's very divisive, yeah. but it's all right. Um, other than that, we have Drive My Car, and that's available on HBO Max. It's directed by Ryosuke Hamaguchi. And uh, according to the synopsis, it says an aging widowed actor seeks a chauffeur. The actor turns to his go-to mechanic who ends up recommending a 20-year-old girl. Despite their initial misgivings, a very special relationship develops between the two. Uh, this is one that I've not seen, so... You know, if it wins, it wins, and maybe I have to give it a look. But uh, that's Drive My Car. Yeah, that's that shouldn't be in this category, but it is. And then also on HBO Max, we have King Richard, which we talked about earlier, um, which is also Will Smith is also up for uh, Best Lead Actor. And so that you have that on HBO Max. And then um, after that, uh, do you know much about Licorice Pizza? Uh, Licorice Pizza stars Alana Haim and the son of late uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. And it is directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, who made Boogie Nights, There Will Be Blood, The Master, Phantom Thread. And it's basically about this girl and this boy. And it's like a coming-of-age movie in the San Fernando Valley. And it's named after a chain of uh, old record stores called Licorice Pizza that are now defunct. But... um, it's pretty popular. I mean, it's a it's a strong pick. Paul Thomas Anderson is widely regarded as one of the greatest filmmakers working right now. So that is available to watch on video on demand. Mm-hmm. And then on HBO Max again, it seems like HBO Max has all of the best picture nominations on here. Yeah. But um, we have Nightmare Alley, which was a it was a Guillermo del Toro movie, um, and it stars Bradley Cooper. Um, I'm blanking on the lead actress's name. Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett, who was in Thor Ragnarok as Thor's sister. Um, and she was also in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, and you've seen this movie, right, Adam? Yes. I'm I didn't watch it. My wife watched it, if I'm being honest, but but she said it was long and strange, so I've heard that this movie is I, I've heard a lot of confusion as to why this movie is in the Best Picture nominations. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I uh, I just don't know that much about it. I need to be better at watching these, I suppose, but Nightmare Alley, available to stream on HBO Max. Um, something I did give a watch to was The Power of the Dog, which is uh, stars Benedict Cumberbatch. It's directed by Jane Campion. It's on Netflix. It's a almost like an anti-Western Western film. Uh, the score, honestly, the score in this movie is like a close second to best score of the year. It's haunting. It's chilling. It's super good, but I don't think it would be the score Hans Zimmer did for Dune. Um, but yeah, that is available to stream on Netflix, and it is The Power of the Dog. And then last, we have West Side Story, um, which is Steven Spielberg's first musical that he's ever done it's a remake of the classic west side story um and this i just watched this one yesterday i liked it a lot um i don't think that this one should win best best picture there are a couple other movies in my opinion that are better than this um 
but it would make record as being the same movie to win Best Picture twice, um, which is pretty interesting. If if that does happen, if this would be history, and it would be very exciting. Yeah. Um, but I do I do not think that this one will be winning Best Picture. Yeah, and especially because I think the hardest thing is 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 it better than the original? And that's where if it is, maybe you talk about it. And if it's not, I don't know if it's the best picture of this year. Yeah. Um, Adam, which which I know I said my favorite pick and what I hope wins this year. <laughs> Was that Dune? My favorite pick is Dune. <laughs> what I think will yeah. win is Coda. What are your yeah. thoughts? The race is very tight. I hear it's between the power of the dog and Coda. Netflix has been put Netflix has been pouring money into their service to win Best Picture. Started with Roma, then you know the Irish the Irishman, the Martin Scorsese film, then uh, Mank, which was the David Fincher Herman Mankiewicz story, and this year it's the power of the dog. So, I mean, whoever if it's between Coda and the power of the dog, whoever wins would be the first streamer to win best picture. And um, I'm not going to lie. I think my vote's for Coda, but I would not be surprised if the power of the dog walked away with it. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised either. Um, Coda's just a, it's such a good feel good movie. I'm not sure about the power of the dog. If that makes you feel good after watching. Oh no. Oh no. (laughs) Are you kidding me? It was like two ends of the spectrum. The power of the dog is like a movie you sit through. And then at the end of your like, Oh my gosh, what just happened? Wow. I, I'm interested to see what happens this Sunday, but who knows? We'll give it a chance and we'll see. But that wraps up our our where to stream the Oscar nominations this weekend. Um, like we said, you everybody has their own taste. Um, these, these Oscar picks are not everybody's cup of tea, but uh, feel free to stream these this weekend and give – Give us your thoughts on what you think will be the best picture. We would love to hear what you think of of each of these movies and why you think one would be more deserving than the other. Well, that should do it for our episode today. We uh, want to thank everyone for listening. We would love to hear from you guys. Any recommendations, questions, maybe comments that you guys have, what you're excited to see. Our email is abcinema.pod at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter. Bailey, what is that? It's AB Cinema Podcast, and you can follow us on there and make sure you retweet our, our shows whenever we, we post them on there uh, or tweet about them on there and give us some feedback and please interact with us on there. We'd love to hear your thoughts on all of these things. Yeah, and we'd love to hear. I've heard, and maybe we'll get about this later, I've heard some uh, rather <laughs> sterling or uh, some rather seething reactions to our uh, Spider-Man movie rankings. So... You know, we'd love to hear more from you guys. Again, write us, comment, hit us up. We'd love to get your thoughts on things. Uh, That should do it for today. We hope everyone has a great day. And as always, keep watching movies.